Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you're listening to the Clear Money Program's online radio show, and we're doing something a little different today. We've invited experienced tax preparers that will be answering questions at our panel for small businesses on Wednesday, April 27, at 5.30 p.m. I'm your host, Helen Gibson, Community Relations Coordinator at Denver Community Credit Union. Denver Community is a not-for-profit financial cooperative serving the people of the city and county of Denver. If you're interested in joining our cooperative or learning more about our Clear Money program, please visit our website, denvercommunity.coop. That's denvercommunity.coop. So we're going to start by introducing our tax preparers. What I'll do is let you know when it's your turn to introduce yourself, and if you'll please tell everyone your name and share briefly about your professional experience about taxes. And we'll go ahead and start with Brenda. Hi, I'm Brenda Sherman. I am the founder and owner of the uh, um, Integrity Accounting and Tax Services. I may call it a native CPA since uh, 1994, and I do a lot of work with the Small Business Development Center at the South Metro Denver Chamber of Commerce um, since 2004. My specialty is small business and uh, startups. Um, it is my goal to help everyone in startup business to learn about the tax hats that they'll be wearing and the compliance issues that they'll be faced with. Excellent. Thank you. And Joe? My name is Joe Baker, and my company is York Street LLC, of which I am an, a partner. We do predominantly income tax preparation. Uh, we also do business bookkeeping, accounting, those types of things. Um, but we do predominantly income tax preparation, and within that we work um, with several small businesses in the community. Um, we have been in business for 21 years. I started the company in 1989. And this past tax season, we completed approximately 1,300 income tax returns, many of those um, independent small businesses. Awesome. And Jack? I'm Jack Allgood, a tax partner here at Anton Collins & Mitchell. We're a large local firm in Denver with about uh, 80 to 85 total people. Uh, we also have an affiliation with BDO, which is the largest, fifth largest uh, CPA consulting firm, tax firm in the world. Uh, I've been I've a CPA licensed since 1974, so I have over 30 years experience in public accounting as a tax practitioner, uh, advanced education and specialized training in tax law. I talk frequently uh, on income tax subjects and have served as a lecturer for income tax seminars and educational programs for the Colorado Society of CPAs, and I've been published on the subject of income taxes in various publications. Excellent. And then now everyone has heard who you are, and we're going to ask you to give a glimpse into uh, next week, Wednesday, April 27th, to the panel we're having at 5.30 at Denver Community Credit Union. Uh, I'm going to remind everyone listening that this information that you present in this show isn't specific tax advice for them. Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble if you're not talking about their specific situation because how would you know? Uh, so if they would like qualified advice, maybe they should come and meet you and then they can maybe set up some sort of contract. But at this time, uh, this is just general information. And at the panel, we're covering three topics, business expenses, business structure, and choosing an expert. Uh, Brenda, I'm going to ask you a question about one of those. Uh, the business expenses, 
what do you think is the most common expense that people assume is tax deductible, but they don't quite get how it works exactly? Um, one of the big areas that there's some concern in is whether or not to take their home office as a deduction. And then if they do take the home office, what uh, kind of, of uh, additional expenses are they allowed to take uh, over and above their mortgage and, and uh, real estate taxes that they would currently be taking um, if they itemize their deductions? So there is some worry as to whether or not that throws a red flag up um, to the IRS if they take a home office deduction or not. Okay. And, Joe, do you think that's also something you run into, or is there some other common mistakes that you see? After I read um, the outline of our program here, I asked the other two income tax preparers in my office, there's a total of three of us here, I asked them all that question, what was the most misunderstood business tax deduction, and all three of us came up with the same answer, and that being uh, automobile. And really? And the automobile um, standard mileage versus actual expenses, registering the car in the name of the business, keeping track of mileage, very misunderstood, um, and done a number of different ways by different tax preparers. Um, second on our list was the home office, though. So, Brenda, I, I agree with you there. But um, well in a way, our, the thing that we see the most and the thing that is misunderstood and usually mishandled the most is the business use of an automobile. Excellent. And, Jack, do you concur with those ideas, or do you see a third that's worth mentioning? Well, I, I definitely concur. I think in, in smaller returns, for sure, some of, there's a lot of misunderstanding on uh, benefits attributable to a home office deduction, uh, the deductibility of company-owned vehicles. Um, I see a lot of... Uh, variation and differences of opinion on the treatment of restricted stock grants, uh, non-qualified stock options, relocation costs. If a company pays uh, for an employee's relocation costs, what's deductible and what's not. And uh, legal fees, I think a lot of taxpayers assume if you pay legal fees, they're always deductible, but it really depends on what type of bucket the legal fees fall into and whether they're uh, permitted as a current deduction or not. Oh, interesting, because I, I guess as a layperson, I would assume legal fees would always be deductible. That seems logical to me, but apparently not. No, that's, uh, you know, it, there's various uh, tax law code sections that provide for the deductibility of legal fees, but oftentimes, like in the case of a reorganizational structure, generally speaking, reorganizational costs are not deductible. Oh, Okay. And I would concur well, with Jack on that. I get uh, the question, at least, in terms of the deductibility of legal expenses all the time. And I think most people tend to take um, the opinion that they are deductible. And it's always a surprise and it's always a bit of a disappointment when we tell them what can and cannot be taken. And as everybody knows, very little can be taken. So, yeah, that is a big issue for us as well. Uh, I, it, you made me smile, like surprised that you can't take money off, you can't deduct. That's exactly how I feel when I'm doing my personal taxes. <laughs> Always surprised when I can't take off. I was like, oh darn it! Thought that was a thousand dollars coming my way. <laughs> you just, as far as legal and attorney fees are concerned, you just really need to look at what the nature of the fees are and uh, what they're attributable to, as to whether they're deductible or not. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so let's switch topics a moment, and one of our other topics for the evening is discussing what to look for when you're finding that tax preparer to help you out. And I'm going to start with Jack this time, and could you share with us a helpful tip for people looking for someone to help them with their taxes? Well, my, uh, you know, my thinking on that subject is, is it probably boils down to years of experience. I, I think everybody needs to find someone uh, with a personality that they can relate to with as many years of experience as possible. It's probably the experience that distinguishes tax practitioners. And uh, if you can find somebody you can communicate with and you're get your tax advice right, uh, you want to pay the least amount of tax permitted under the tax law. So finding the right person with uh, most in-depth experience you can find, I think, is good advice. Excellent. And Joe, did you have a good tip for people who might be out there looking for a tax preparer? I couldn't uh, concur more than with Jack. I put a little list together, and those were the first two items. First of all, years of experience. There's just nothing that can be uh, more helpful, and I think that is the number one thing. And secondly, just like you said, Jack, somebody that you can get along with because inevitably personalities collide, and it's not always the best fit. And so those are two things that are very important. We have built our business here we started with about 80 income tax returns and have grown it to about 1,200 um, exclusively through referrals. So it's always, you know, someone knows somebody else and they have come to us and have referred a friend. And so we're very proud of that. Um, and that seems to be the best way to find tax pre you know, preparers is by speaking to your friends and business associates and getting a referral. Excellent. And Brenda? Um, I definitely obviously concur with the first two, but I would also want to add that it is important for the clientele to check um, and determine that their tax preparer is in the, uh, their area of expertise. So if, uh, like I'm trying to say is that if a tax preparer deals mainly with small business or startups, you know, then you don't necessarily, if you're a very large corporation, you don't necessarily want to have them as your tax preparer. Um, and vice versa, you know, if you're a small startup, you don't want to go to someone who basically deals mainly with the very large corporations um, because you may not get the one-on-one -on -one attention that you need as a startup in a small business in order to learn all about your tax compliance areas of need. That's, I think that's a great point. I thought, so I heard experience, personality matching, because I, I assume if someone's going to tell you you're not going to have as much money as you want, it's probably a good idea that you like them on some level. And then also making sure that they specialize in your area. Because like you said, a corporation of thousands of employees is going to have totally different tax needs than someone running a small retail operation just exactly. on the street. Okay, so at this point, we only have three minutes left for this radio show. So I'm going to thank you all for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you all on Wednesday. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. We look Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much for having us. No problem. See you soon. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So this can. This concludes our Blog Talk radio show for our Small Business Taxes panel that's happening on Wednesday, April 27, 2011 at 1041 Acoma Street at our Denver Community <clears throat> excuse me, Credit Union branch. And if you would like more information, 
please go ahead and give me a call. My name is Helen Gibson, 303-573-1170, and my extension is 1754, or you can email me at education at denvercommunity.coop. And lastly, you could also go to our website. If you go to denvercommunity.coop, denvercommunity.coop, backslash education and click on small business, that's exactly where you can register. So but I'm happy to take registrations by phone or via email. I can connect you with that link directly. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you on Wednesday, April 27th at 530.